The title of today's message is How High is Free. How High is Free. I want you to go with me to John chapter 8. And we're going to start right off by planting this scripture for you. And then we're going to go ahead and, and grow from it. How high is free? I want to start by saying, please don't expect me to totally give an exhaustive answer to this question because it's one of those things that will go on as long as you live and trying to describe the blessing of God, the freedom of God, the power of God in human tongue is just not possible. We do what we can with what we have, but we don't have the ability, I think, in earthly language to describe the, the, the magnitude of God, you know, just the width, the length, the breadth, the depth. He even says it's beyond what we can comprehend, even his blessings. So imagine if we can't comprehend or describe his blessings, how are we going to describe God? So I'm going to today make the attempt to describe how high is free with the limited knowledge abilities that I have. I'm going to hopefully share something with you that releases you to a new level of freedom in your walk with God and opens up another door and invites you into another room or another chapter or another level of God freedom. Um, as I learn more, I'll share more. But um, I was looking at the message. I don't remember when it was when I talked about uh, oh, power over fear. And um, I talked about frowning fear. And it talked about God has not given you a spirit of fear. And in, 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 the, in the Greek, it said frowning fear. And we looked up the word frowning. If you remember, it was a fear that tried to please people to get out of situations instead of seeking God looking for the arm of man or the power of man or the favor of man, people pleasing instead of seeking God for what he promised as his deliverance. Well, going back to that, if I have to please a person to receive God's blessing, then am I free? Are you free if you still need your boss to love you in order for you to be promoted? Are you free if you still need to continue to bow down to somebody else's abuse or disrespect of you in order to feel complete or to feel loved or to feel whatever you need to be? And I bring that situation up because, you know, I've spoke to somebody not too long ago, you know, just you know, getting out of an abusive relationship. And I was like, well, you say you love the Lord, but then you're trying to hold on to something that put you not only in misery, but in danger because you're thinking that there's no freedom apart from that situation. No, I don't think that, well, you do think that, you know, and you stayed as long as you did, not because you're a good Christian woman. I know you're trying to make it sound like that, but you really stayed because you felt like you had no options. 
And I can say this because I spoke to her. So I, I'm not just pulling this out of the air, but I bear witness with you didn't think you have any other options. So you put up with the abuse because you didn't think that God can deliver apart from what you were already in. So you use the Christian line. You, you know what I'm talking about. We use the, well, I'll just trust in the Lord as an excuse to put up with things in all circumstances and situations and relationships because we don't dare believe that God can do more than what already exists in your life. You talk the Christian stuff. So we have situ we had a situation in, in our business, Lindsay and I, where somebody sent us a letter where they were expressing how unhappy they were with a situation with a employee that we gave them. And um, it, was a, it was almost a book. And I said, when I saw it, I'm like, who is this person to make this claim? That was my initial thought. I didn't even let it push me off track. Like, who is, I don't even know this person's name. Who is this person? I have a relationship with the boss. I don't want to read this person's email or even care what this person thinks and let this get up under my skin. So my response to Lindsay was write to her boss, and I speak to her boss's boss, but write to her boss, the one you speak to and say, who authorized this person to reach out to us and express anything? And you know the response we got? Nothing. But that intimidation was sent. Are you listening to me? To make us now fear something that didn't have power over us. Or to fear someone who had no decision making. You know, so we can say, are they, they going to stop working with us? Are they going to cut us off? You know, I wasn't even giving that. Who, who are you? to even dare to think that I need to respond to you. And, and, and Lindsay said, how should I respond? I said, not to this person. She knew who the person was. I could care less. Let power speak to power. I'm not speaking to this person. You didn't hear what I just said, so I'm going to say it again. Let's let power speak to power. Maybe I'm going to say it one more time because you didn't hear it. Let power speak to power. See, I know whose power I walk in, and I know who... I supposed to talk to in this company. I don't even speak to the person that Lindsay speaks to. I'm like, I don't want to talk to her. This time she said, you know, we having a Zoom you want to get in? No, absolutely not. Call me arrogant, call me whatever you want to call me. She's not on my level. I'm not speaking to her. I have lunch with and speak to the, her boss. No, I'm not going to drop myself down and let you now express your opinions or points of view or try to put some kind of anguish on me. I know who I is. You know, we sing the I Know Who I Am song, but I don't think we know. When these little demons and imps come at us, why are we having a conversation with them? Why are we wrestling with these things? Like, why are we crying and praying and fasting and going, how high is free? I'm starting off right in there. Is this okay? I'm coming to the realization that I need to not deal with certain demons and spirits that I wrestle with. 
They're beneath me. You're not on my level. Ready? Make sure you're ready. Sit down. Make sure you're real comfortable. I talk to God, the CEO of the universe. Why am I talking to you? Why am I crying and fasting and praying and going to other? Why am I messing with you? I know the owner and the creator of all of this. Why'd I, why would I reduce myself to even responding to you? I'll tell you, I'll tell you stuff as soon as I get it. Like, I, it's not something I've even got all the way right yet. But just that revelation for me, fawning fear, trying to people please. Why am I trying to demon please? Why am I negotiating my release with something that is beneath the person I have a relationship with? You know you'll get before the, the, the demons and the devil. You're praying to the Lord, but you're really asking the devil for a break. Come on, come on. Enough already. Can you please show me some mercy? This is who we are. Starting at verse 31 in John chapter 8. Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, right there, I need to make sure we make this point clear. I don't want to just go past it. I never saw it before, but I saw it now. Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him. I need you to understand that wasn't a lot of them. But the few who did believe he was the Messiah made a choice at that point not to be a part of fronting fear because that ejected you, got you discommuned from the, 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 the temple, the, the, the synagogue, the, you know, the, the religious rites. You are out. You are excommunicated. You are no longer part of us. You're part of that cult, that sect, that whatever, the, all those names you know that they called him. He cast out demons by spirit of Beelzebub, whatever their religious perspective was, for them to believe on him, put them in a situation where they would be thrown out. Let me give you an example. There was a blind man that knew Jesus was walking by, and he screamed out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Disciples and the people said, be quiet. Stop calling him. And he screamed even louder. He didn't care who heard. He didn't care about anybody's opinion. That's on a David. Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him. Bring him. And then the same people told him to shut up and be quiet, said, be of good cheer. He's calling you. See, people will tell you to shut up when you try to step out in the things God's called you or tell you it's crazy. And then after they see it happening, like, you know, praise God. You know, I just I just always knew, though, God, you know, something special about you. They don't know it's special until God acknowledges it unless they're anointed to do so. Does somebody bear witness with what I'm talking about right here? 
This is the problem with fronting fear. You're waiting for people to tell you that your relationship and your connection with God is good, and they're never going to say it until it happens. When we were here not too long ago for somebody's party, this young lady was here, I won't call her names, and she was saying, wow, this building is beautiful, Diamond. Wow, Diamond. Wow, you got, wow, and I saw the house, and wow. God, this is the same person who told Angela when we were going to our bout and we were homeless that she should leave me. This is one of the same people who, who had nothing good to say about the fact that I was believing God for a house when all we had was apartment money and we barely could pay up for the apartment then. This is the person when we got evicted who was saying stuff to my kids behind my back and telling my kids how I was a failure and didn't want to take care of my, my children. This same person now is sitting here in my building telling me how blessed I am. And I said... Just in passing, yeah, remember when I didn't have nothing? And I just dropped it. And I saw her face get real, real tight. And I went on about my business. Because it wasn't a conversation. It was, you're praising me now. But there was a time before you could physically see the move of God that you didn't even acknowledge that the move of God could possibly be in my life. Saints. Needing people to validate you or validate your call will make you always miss your call. You will never see a full manifestation because it's not designed for you to have people's approval. It's designed for you to have God's approval and you and God to be in agreement. And once God, then the scripture and those who speak against you, you will show them wrong. God didn't say, I will show them wrong. He said, you will. Now they can look. I've had family members of her say, Wow, you know, you're so much calmer now. I remember before you said, I said, because I was fighting for my life. I was fighting to hold on to the confession and the conviction that I had. I was fighting for my faith because nobody would stand with me. Nobody would stand by my side but God and me. My, even my own family wasn't standing with me. So I, yeah, that need to be free is not just free from the issue at hand. It's a deep-rooted spiritual freedom that, God, I can believe you and walk with you even if nothing else around me lines up with it. This is a situation where you got people, this man said, Jesus, I don't want, want to forget the rest of the story. Jesus have mercy on me and Jesus healed him and then he was free. And then the leaders called him in and said, don't say he healed you. Say God healed you. Give glory to God. And he said, why are you asking me all these questions about him? Do you want to be his disciple? No, we don't. So, okay, well, I know who healed me. So then they called his parents in. See, this is a whole story. Then they called his parents in. Was your son truly blind? Yeah, he was. He said this Jesus healed him. What do you say? You know, he's a grown man. Let him speak for himself. We don't want nothing to do with that. So again, fronting fear, they were like, hey, and the scripture said, because they knew they would be shunned from synagogue. They knew that they would be outed. So they said, looking at this miracle and their son is saying, no, it's Jesus. Well, we're we we not going to touch on, on that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, 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 that, that you know, we're going to leave that alone. Because 
we don't want to be Jesus phobic, you know, so we just going to be quiet and we just not going to say nothing. We just going to go with the trend, how it flow. We're not going to, you know, say anything that, that our spirit bears witness is wrong because, you know, after all, we don't want to be labeled as an ejected. I'll leave that alone. So he's saying to these Jews that believe on him, which is powerful. These are Jews that believe him. If you can continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. So now that if you continue has a different meaning. Because it's one thing to believe. Are you with me? But it's another thing to continue in that belief even when circumstances and situation and people are trying to press you another way. It's easy to have a word of prayer spoken over you and have your heart lifted and feel excited and feel exuberant and believe that God's going to do it. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Amen. But can you continue in that when the pressure gets thick? Man, I, I, there's so many ways and so many things that I can use as examples, but I don't want to get off the, off the point. The point is this. He said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. The, 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 the Greek word is meno or meno, pronounced meno. And it's... Uh, to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy, to abide, to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, to stand, to tarry for thine own. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. How high is free? It goes as high as your willingness to continue, to abide, to dwell, which means to live, to remain, to endure, to be present, to stand. Freedom's limit cuts off when you decide to no longer stand. I don't care what you prayed. I don't care what you claim. I don't care how many people spoke of you. I don't care if you went into Benny Hen and he called you out of the audience of 50,000 people by name and spoke that you were healed. Your ability to stay makes you a disciple, not your ability to hear and get excited about. Do we stand under the pressure? Or do we try to please people around us or circumstances around us to fit where we are? How high is free? There's places that I accept my freedom without question. And there's places that I have to then begin to bring other things into the equation to make the freedom make sense to me and to get the people around me to agree with my freedom. Hmm? 
make this confession with me. I choose to remain in the freedom God promised me, regardless of what people think or say. Amen. It's a place of reference. It's a place to dwell, it says. To dwell means, are you listening? To unpack, to make home, to, 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 to claim as a permanent resident. It's a dwelling. It's a, this, I, I don't just believe it because we spoke and we prayed and I, I sure hope it's right, but I'm willing to unpack my bag and live in this. I'm willing to stay here, not trying it out to see if it works. Are you listening to me? But to say, I believe it. And so I choose to unpack and dwell here. Not out of the suitcase. For most of us standing in faith is living out of a suitcase. We, 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 we believe you, God, but just in case you don't, I got my bag. I'm ready to go. Right back to where I came from. For us, I believe till the pressure gets too high. Then I'm going to look for plan B. I'm going to get me a Hager and I'm going to make me an Ishmael. I'm going to do it. Because just in case you don't come through, God, just in case. And we won't say just in case you come through. We say, well, Lord, in case I'm wrong. But you're still saying in case you don't come through, plan B, or how high is free. I've come to the realization that I've set a, a benchmark for what freedom and deliverance is for me. And I've been living beneath that. And I've been having meetings with things and situations and circumstances that are below my pay, below my pay grade. I shouldn't be functioning here. Neither should you. We're going to go on, boy. so much to this. If you're being blessed, just stick a hand up for me or something or emoji and let me know that God's speaking to you. We're bigger than this stuff. So let's, let's go on. If you continue, now he's talking to Jews now who chose to follow him. If you continue, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you will be made free? I saw something crazy right here. First of all, I'm gonna make something funny. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. Don't try to make fun of black folk and say that's bad English and that we started that and that's what we see. It's right here in the Bible. This is, they said, we be Abraham's seed. It's right there. So ain't nobody making fun of me anymore for saying we be doing stuff, okay? That's right here. We be Abraham's seed. And we be chilling with Abraham. How are you saying that we're bondage? We're free men. Now to the crazy part of that. Weren't they at this time 
under Roman rule and in bondage to the Romans? Come on, this is Jesus' time. They're under Roman rule. The Romans is taxing the crap out of them and doing whatever they want to do. They, they, they're under Roman rule. They're under Caesar. But they said, how can you say to us we'll be free? We're not in bondage to no man. We belong to Abraham. There's two things to take from that. One, they got so comfortable in their bondage, they didn't even see it anymore. Glass half empty, glass half full. Even in that state, they still knew and stood to what they knew freedom was, that they're free men because they're under Abraham. And even though the present circumstances and situations might look like I'm under, we're under bondage to Roman, we know and acknowledge and we stand on the fact that we're Abraham's seed and we're not in bondage to no man. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. That they chose to no matter what the circumstance looked like, I hope I'm speaking to somebody, that no matter what the circumstance looked like, they chose to accept that, but I'm Abraham's seed and we are not claiming needing freedom because we are free. We're Caesar Abraham. We don't belong to any man. They were speaking to their pay grade. So when God spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and said, get up from there. I have been hearing words like, maybe you should seek counseling. Maybe you should do, 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 do. I have no problem to that. I'm not disrespecting that. I did need counseling. And that counseling was get up from there. From the ultimate counselor. I need to go sit in no room and have somebody speak to me. I needed to be in the room and let the CEO speak directly to me and say, get up from there. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not smashing anybody who does it. God bless you. I'm saying, while the world was saying to me, maybe you should seek something, I was seeking something higher. I was saying, I'm not in bondage. I am not, I've never been in bondage to any man, even though the reality was in the realm of the spirit, I was in the role in the in the role of negotiation. <clears throat> Jesus, let me see if I'm. I'm not gonna see some of your faces look like what? What, what do you mean? Okay, but let's take it off of, of depression, right? Financially, some of you are still in the role of negotiating. You're not talking to the king and saying, "I've never been in lack. I'm young and I'm old and never seen the righteous forsaken the seed begging bread." I say on my knees and met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know that to be the truth. So I am not claiming and fighting and rebuking every black demon that comes along. And, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this this month. And, well, we can only do it. I'm not doing that because I know I'm free in that area. And whom the son is made free, I'm free indeed, which is further on as we get down in this. But my point is, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You can't make me question that. But the Lord began to say to me, but how high is free? Because when it comes now to the mega millions that I'm calling you to, you're negotiating. 
a lot less than I used to because I can see it in front of me. But my point is, how high is free? I'm going to refer back to that a lot because I want this, the title to be stuck in your head. You're all free. Everybody on here is free. You're all free in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. But how high is your free? How high is it? How free are you? Are you free in 10 things and, and bound in 11? How free are we? I, I, I want us to be freer. I want us to be pursuing the next level of what freedom means. I want us to be free to the place that there's no area in our life where we feel bound or restricted or limited or cut off. This is what I'm trying to teach by the word of God today. And I pray that it ministers to you and challenges you into the next level who you call to be. How free are you really? What's the limit or the glass ceiling to freedom that you've accepted? Everybody on this call has a limit to freedom. Everybody has a glass ceiling. And, he, and if you and you try to tell me you don't, I will tell you to show me your bank account. And I can tell you in 10 seconds what your limit is. Show me. Nah, I, I don't think it's no limit to me. You, you don't, huh? Yeah. You've been living in the same place for the past 50 years. You can't get a better place. Do you want to be in this place? No. What about that? No. Okay. You got a limit, baby. Let's stop trying to be cute. Nobody don't think you cute because you're saying Christian stuff. Yeah, you're saying the right stuff, but your freedom has a limit. How high is the question I'm asking? How high? Do you want it higher? Who wants a, a, a deeper and higher level of freedom up in here? Who's saying, yeah, okay. So all I'm doing is I'm not saying what you have is not good. I'm saying how high? And if you say I'm content where I am, no, nope, I don't want no more. I'm happy where I am. God bless you. Stay right there. But for those of you who are saying I want the freedom, watch this. And you continue my words, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I like to read this from the King James because I don't like people saying set you free. Because it's not set, it's make you free. And make you free is here. Ready? I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the, the Greek. You're never going to say it in Greek anyway. So to exempt you from moral ceremony or mortal liability, to deliver and to make free, to set at liberty from dominion of sin. He's saying... The making, the make free is not a set free. It's not the same thing. And people say, no, nah, it's just mixing words. It's a figure of speech. It's not a figure of speech. Make and set are not synonyms. They never have been and they never will be. You don't set a cake. You make a cake. Setting a building and making a building is two different things. Stop saying the truth will set you free as if that's the same thing as make. The original word is make. It says from ceremonial or mortal liability. Make you free is an awareness. Set you free means you're in bondage and somebody needs to take chains off you. How high is free? So if you still believe that you're in chains 
and somebody got to set you free, then you are an ongoing prisoner. Make free is an awareness. I've been set free when Jesus said it is finished. Now I need to be made aware of the freedom that I've had for 2000 plus years. How high is free? Are you set free or are you made free? I need revelation. I was free. But God said, get up from there. He didn't say, I come to pick you up. Take the chains off of you and let you, and set you free so you can get up. He said, get up from there. He said to the man, take up your blanket and walk. Just get up and walk. Get up and do something. But I've been laying here for years and no man puts me in the water. And every time I try to get in, people get in before me. And I, I, I just, I don't know what Jesus thought, what Jesus or what God was saying to him. You know, I try to get in the mind of God. Like he told him to get up from there as if you could have done this already. I don't know, maybe he thought he should have been trying to roll in the water or at least try to get a toe in there or do something. He, 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 there was an action missing. And the action missing was he had found comfort in laying in his bed and feeling sorry for himself. Now, you may not be doing that in every area, but I guarantee you there's some. How high is free? So I've chosen in this season to investigate how high is my free? Am I content in certain areas that I've decided I can't be delivered from or God can't really move in? So therefore, I'm just kind of taking it as it comes and hoping and wishing and praying that one day God's going to move. When the reality is, I don't really believe he's going to move in this area at all. So I'm just going to keep talking about the areas that I can see. You know the truth and the truth will make you free. They, asked him, they answered him and they said, we are, we are Abraham's seed. We've never been in bondage to any man. How say you, you should be made free. Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever committed sin is a servant to sin. Listen to this. And a servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be totally or indeed free. He said, if sin has a grip on you, and that could be fear, that can be doubt, that can be actual sin that you know about, you know. He said, that thing has a grip on you, you're not truly free. If doubt has a grip on you, if insecurity has a grip on you, if frowning fear has a grip on you, if anything that you know, immorality, anything that God is dealing with you about, and it has you, and you're negotiating, and you're trying to cut deals with the enemy? Can we talk? You're not truly free. You're limited. And then say you're going to burn in hell. He said, but you're not experiencing the freedom that I've called you to. And I want you to be truly free. 
I want to make you free. I want to make you aware of what was done and what belongs to you. How high is free? As high as God's throne. And if you're not free and I'm not free to the point of the, all the way up to the throne, I'm not truly free. I'm tired of not being truly free. People say, well, as long as you're a man on earth, there's going to be limitations. Well, I'm not buying that and I don't want to sign up for that anymore. I choose the freedom that God says is mine. Free indeed. Free indeed. Free indeed. You know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's if God frees me and I'm free indeed, watch this. That's what I'm going to give. Free indeed means truly in reality, in point of fact, as well as fictional or false, that which is truly free, clean, released, total truth. And, and the word it has here is verily. As you said, verily I say unto you, without, without a limitation. Now, let me wrap it up with this. I'm not saying tomorrow you wake up and everything is there. It's a walk. It can be, though. It's up to you. It can be all done tomorrow. It's up to you. According to your faith, be done to you. I'm not telling you you're limited. I'm telling you you can't believe that. I'm just saying that if you don't get it all today, don't beat yourself up. Don't feel bad about it. But it's yours to have. Are you listening to me? It's yours to have. How high is free? It's yours to have. When God told me get up from there, I had a choice. I could have went on and gave him the whole Gideon story. Yeah, my family's the weaker of them and look at this and I'm doing all of this and I'm the weakest in my family and nobody has done it. But I chose to say, I accept that. I accept that and I took it as my own and life changed for me as a result of that. God has made you free. Stop negotiating with demons and spirits that don't have a right to even talk to you. They're not on your level. They're not in your pay grade. You don't have to be crying and, 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 and wallow, wallowing in the junk they keep trying to put before you. You don't have to. Just get up. Stand up, reach for the sky. God revealed to us the level of freedom that is ours that we have not yet taken at this point. We're not even saying everything, but just the level of freedom we need to be walking in right now. Just where do we need to be that we've stopped, that we put the car in park and just let the motor idle? Be willing to take that risk step out and not need anybody's approval but God's and go forward. This is a powerful season and a powerful time for each and every one of us. I'm asking you to dare to find out how high is free. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. 
And I pray that the word spoke to you and encouraged you. You are much bigger than what you're acting out of right now. We all are. Amen. And amen.